Hello and welcome to another historic episode of the podcast. I'm your host Zoe Forsey and I'm joined by our Royal Editor Russell Myers. How are you Russell? I'm all right, thank you. Um, I think we're all a bit in a reflective mood, aren't we? We're, we're all sort of wondering where we go from here now. We've seen some extraordinary images, we've witnessed many, many th- hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people on the streets all over the UK, all over the world, many, many tributes coming in about the Queen um, and her legacy and wondering where where we go from here. I mean, where does King Charles start? I mean, he's got an, an awful big in-tray at the moment of where to, where to um, you know, talk about his coronation. Obviously, could, that, that will be a fair few months off, but uh, but I imagine with, we're talking about um, where will he first will his first trip be? We'll get on to that in a bit because there's been a lot of speculation about um, tours and excursions that he needs to do. Obviously, we're still in um, a period of royal mourning that won't finish till seven days after um, after the funeral. So um, there's a, there's an awful lot to discuss, an awful lot to, to dissect, I think, and. Uh, I, I know I've I've felt um, I don't know about you but I've I felt pretty emotional I suppose about how about the what we've witnessed I mean we've talked about this for so long you know, lots of people about you and I especially and about uh, how you'd feel or how you'd um, you know what work would be like and how the country would react and I feel very very proud of how not only we dealt with it and the coverage that we had but also how the country reacted. Um, I think when we do pomp and pageantry like that, we're the envy of the world. And certainly um, it all went like clockwork. I think that's what the reaction I saw of it was lots of people saying it's kind of Britain at its best. Mm. And as you said, mm. something that we are as a country famous for. And we really, really saw that coming through in the, not just the day of the funeral, but all the days you know following mm. the Queen's death. What I found is because we were so in the middle of it all, as always tends to happen with big events, it was, you know, you're kind of running around, you're getting all the different stories and things like that. I I know you haven't had a day off yet, so I'm not going to smugly <laughs> yeah, mention yeah. it at all. <laughs> but I, I have mentioned that yeah. in, our, in our WhatsApp group, so that's why I'm um, very safe. But I had yesterday <laughs> yes, off and yes. I think actually was the first time that it properly hit me. Mm. I spent hours uh, yesterday actually just kind of sitting on my living room floor with all of the mirrors all of the coverage we've yeah, done because yeah. I'd you know read it obviously at the time but to sit back and just to go oh my gosh mm. we, this is actually it's happened and we've gone through it. and as you said just looking back at those photos there are so many yeah. images that are just going to be you know just pictures that I know I'll never forget and I think it'll be interesting because I think everyone will have a part of the day we're going to talk obviously at length about the funeral mm, today yeah. but there were everyone I've spoken to has found a different part of it particularly moving or something that they will remember and I think it's just yeah well, it's not just the day it's like those whole 12 days yeah about how it is 12 isn't it I keep getting yeah confused, 12. It's 12 days because you, not not just the, the funeral but the lying in state the two vigils the fact that there was so much um happening in Scotland Balmoral Edinburgh the six hour journey the the um new king's journey across the UK I mean it's been absolutely phenomenal um I uh, yeah I I've I've been lugging around my this big bag of newspapers it looked very bizarre getting on the tube the other day but I've kept I kept a lot of the newspapers from the first few days and then I and I kept our mirror and the times over over the course of the period and I I haven't really had time to digest them because you're sort of looking at them very ad hoc but I'm 
when it, when the dust has settled, I suppose, because I still do feel sort of um, like I'm in a daze almost. Yeah, I'm thinking of just we're just bringing ourselves back down to earth, and I wonder. I, I yeah, I do. I do wonder. The world does feel very, very different. Very, very different. And um, I think that King Charles has, has got a big job on his hands because he takes over a, a, a quite a tumultuous time for his, not only his family, but for the country. I think we said this the other day. There's a war in Europe. There is a cost of living crisis. His own family have had huge issues with sort of scandal and, um, and infighting. There's, there's, a, there's a real big issue there. And while there is... Um, a certain honeymoon period for him, and definitely the, uh, the 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 goodwill of the people is there. Will he be able to capitalise on that? And how much of the Queen's legacy does he want to keep hold of in order to kickstart his um his own? I suppose so. Yeah, interesting times. Now the Queen's coffin was lying in state uh, in the lead up to her funeral and finished at six thirty uh, a.m. on the Monday. I can't remember, actually, if I'm being honest, because my brain is mm. a bit tired. But when we recorded last time, I don't think the coffin was lying in state. I think that was before then. Yeah. So we do need to talk, I think, about the queue, because this kind of yeah. became a thing of its own. And something that I, it just, bec- it was the most British thing. <laughs> Everyone was going down, <laughs> queuing for up to 24 hours, yeah, weren't crazy. they? People were chatting in the queue. People were singing God Save the Queen. People were singing mm. God Save the King. Everyone was sharing snacks and chatting and... We had all sorts of celebrities in it. David Beckham was there. Like, it was just one of these things. And I don't know, just from the stories I've heard about the Queen and, like, people that have told stories, it just sounds like I think she would love the idea that it brought everyone together in a very weird and wonderful British way of let's go and stand outside in the rain (laughs) overnight. Well, we had um, Charles and William did that impromptu walkabout on Lambeth Bridge and and William said that himself, didn't he? He said that the Queen would would have been shocked by the reaction, but she would have absolutely loved it. And I think you're absolutely right that the very quintessentially British aspect of... Are we known for this? Do people know that Britain loves the queue? Yeah, Yeah, of course. We are known the world around. I know what we know. But it's just bizarre, isn't it, that we love queuing. We're all a bit too polite. um, (laughs) And nobody likes to, you know, make a fuss. So we all just stand there in these big queues. And, I mean, incredible that lots of people had done that. I was shocked that the numbers were only a quarter of a million because there was... I thought that. I don't think that's right. Surely. I was expecting it to be a lot higher than 24 that. 24 hours a day for four and a half days. Yeah. And I, you know, you and I had been there and you see the people f- 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 filing past and we were there to report on it. Um, so didn't have to, we, unfortunately, we didn't have the time to enjoy that sort of camaraderie of the queue. But um, but in, but in I, th- I would have thought it would have been a lot more people than that. Yeah, I thought so. And I... Uh, Maybe when the man with the ticket t- t- yeah. fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> it was, and it again was so organised. You know, everyone mm. had the wristbands, didn't they? And the queue. The, the, it was when there was the queue for the queue. So go on. So when you got a wristband, so then you could you could then leave and go to the toilet or get a coffee. No, that was just to stop people pushing in. Ah, so because right. obviously it couldn't be barriered the whole way through. Or so yeah, you could not. You could get through, so it went down the river, but yeah, so it was just to get that. Right. But when they closed it off, people were queuing to be able to rejoin the queue, and it was all just a bit. It was fantastic. Yeah, you would have thought it was it, as again. So when I've been down at Buckingham Palace working, and then I've seen people like leaving late at night. It looked like they were leaving a festival because everyone had their, <laughs> their chairs or their rucksacks yeah. or their their umbrellas and. 
it's um yeah, at some stages it has been, hasn't it? It's yeah. been that camaraderie of a festival, some a big event that people have wanted to go to, this sort of pilgrimage. And I think that, that when, when we, again, digest it and we look at it, all this, that, that is something that I wouldn't have envisaged happening. The big queue certainly would have expected people to go and lay flowers, but not through the night. I mean, people would be doing it 24 hours a day almost in the first few days. Definitely. And there was all the scouts were there kind of along the line, chatting to people, keeping people's spirits high. And um, I went down there and was speaking to quite a lot of people in the queue as well. Mm. And there was... Uh, firefighters were handing out bottles of water to check right, everyone right. was all right it was so well yeah. it was so well organized and actually one of the comments when i spoke to people the different variations of the same statement were people saying the least i can do is stand in a queue for 10 hours to for say sure. thank you yeah. because that's what she gave 70 years so this is well, you know it's not in the same that was the, that seemed to be the message duty. of the people yeah. that i spoke to yeah. no and i think i think that is very sweet actually there's mm. probably someone saying that is the absolute very least i could do and people were getting very emotional about it i mean when i was standing i when i did the um I th- well i was there for the lying in state starting and i and i was very very fortunate to to be present for the for the children's vigil as well and i was s- struck by, you know, because sometimes we're in a bubble and we're just like, you know, d- working very hard. This isn't you know, meant to, Dan isn't supposed to drop violins in here, by the way. But you can be in your own bubble and you can't, sometimes you don't ha- really appreciate what is actually going on because so, you're trying to wrap it all in your head. However, I was actually su- really surprised at the, the level of deference and the emotion before I'd got down there. It was like, you know, people bowing, people blowing kisses to the coffin. People were really, really emotional. And I think half of that is that um, a lot of people didn't get to, to say goodbye to loved ones during COVID. They didn't get to have those funerals. And the sight of a coffin in this beautiful, majestic building um, really set a lot of people off. And, and maybe that is exactly what the pilgrimage was all about. Um, and as you rightly say, that's, you know, people thought, well, that's the, that's the least I can do. And this, because I watched a lot of it on the live feed, mm. but walking into that room yeah. and the silence was in itself yeah. actually really moving. And then I think it kind of hit you what was where you were and what was happening. It was, I completely understand why so many people wanted to be part of that moment. Yeah. Um, and I think everyone I've spoken to again has said that it was, you know, they're really glad they did it. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the woman who said that it was the best thing in her life she'd ever done and she'd had two oh, children. she'd had two children. <laughs> but she name-dropped them. Yeah. She said, this is the best thing I've ever done. Even yeah. my children. <laughs> absolutely devastated. But fair play to, to, to the people um, that made it such a positive experience. You know, all the all the volunteers as well. I know the Samaritans are across all down there. It's, it's um, a, a credible, incredible effort to have been part of it. Now, the day of the Queen's state funeral, which was Monday, I spent all of it in the office. I was kind of bringing together our coverage uh, from Canary Wharf. But you were, where were you? Buckingham Palace, then Westminster, then here? Yeah, it was a long old day. I was um, was at Buckingham Palace um, in the morning and uh, just doing some of the the what do we look what we what, what to expect shows i suppose and then i was very 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 fortunate enough to be in the abbey and we had a a fantastic vantage point from it um just an incredibly emotional 
spellbinding experience really it was um something of course i'll never forget it really struck home this the enormity of it because when you're seeing the, the the kings and queens and heads of state and them all filing in and we had a little walk around before um and you could see the the king the former king of king, queen of spain or whether the, the, oh like the seat or the, the seating plan, the seating seating plan. plan. and yep. um you know biden was right down the back and and not that he would have had an issue with that. There's an awful <laughs> lot of people there, but um, it really sort of hit home, especially when you're seeing the coffin procession come past you, um, and it and it really wasn't far away. And and the reaction I could see Prince of Wales quite clearly from where I was um, sitting, and um, and the Princess of Wales, and and their sort of eyes being locked on, locked on the the coffin, really really brought it home. Um, but. I mean, what what a what a spectacle to have seen. I mean, what the television audience is over over a billion people, over one and a half billion people watching it on television. Uh, the the procession that I've since watched out, which was outside, was phenomenal. And then when I came back to the office, I we were still still watching the Windsor yep. procession taking place, and that was um, absolutely incredible as well. So. I, I'm still di- downloading it, really, mm. in my head, right? I suppose you are. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people have said that. Um, uh, Louise, who's one of our colleagues who was also there, yeah. she had just spoken to her literally before we walked mm. in, and she said the same of, like, actually every day it kind of hits her a bit more mm. that she was there for that. And I think, I reckon you're going to, when you finally take some time yeah. off, I reckon you're going to wake up one morning and just have a bit of a... Well, do you know what? I was um, I got home yesterday, and I was absolutely shattered, and I had about... 40 about an hour before I went to go get my daughter from nursery and um I fell asleep and I woke up I woke up in a blind panic and I was convinced I was convinced I was still working and had missed something major and I suppose this is what's going to happen I'm going to need to be tranquilized (laughs) (laughs) but but again I, I, I don't think we really have an appreciation for what has happened at least I I don't it's it's just dawning more and more and more on me. We've lost. We've we've finished from the second Elizabethan age, and you think everything that's happened then, um, and what what does the future look like now? I mean, I'm I'm excited about the future for the monarchy, and I think it, it is going to be a really interesting time. But I can understand why people are quite nervous about it. I suppose. I think that's uh, what my my I'm still thinking about the death of the Queen, and I yeah, don't think yeah. I've moved on yet in terms of getting my head around even now i'm still typing prince charles on first thing every time i type i'm having to go back and say all the broadcasters they're all making you know yeah i I keep doing it but everybody is doing everybody's still making mistakes and we're two weeks down the line yeah Um, but you've been saying this for years if not decades you know the season the season pros are still making the mistakes and yeah. saying prince of wales poor prince charles and it's quite interesting because you never called the queen anything other than the queen we were saying this and people are still saying charles or yeah. king charles and i suppose that's more of like a um, attack so they can remember it but i'm doing it yeah the king just sounds it, the king I, yeah. the monarch the sovereign you'd never ever see Queen Elizabeth written. Yeah. Or second or whatever. But every time we're, we're, people are writing now, they're, they're saying King Charles. Yeah. It's really strange. It's very, it's very because, strange. Uh, but the thing is, which is quite interesting, um, and I, th- I don't know whether we mentioned this last week, but maybe, we, you know, it was in Northern Ireland, so maybe we did. You know, the stuff with the pen and about how oh, Charles yes. was getting yep. ridiculed or people were 
saying, oh, gosh, that shows his real true character. Now, the thing is with Charles, we know what sort of a person he is. And so you can identify, you can say Charles and King Charles, because everyone then immediately knows who it is. But the thing is, when the the Queen came to the throne at 25, 26, which was um, her coronation was, and then we still didn't know who she was as a person. I don't think you really even did. You didn't know what she thought about politics until yeah, she so dropped true. certain messages in, whether it's Scottish independence or um, you know the EU. But we we know what Charles is like as a person. He's t- and he's too old to to change. So I think that will make it even more interesting. Um, Anyway, I digress. Yeah, we will but come. I, we I will think, come yeah, back to that later. Just, nobody wants to hear my my <laughs> musings, but I thought I do think that's a really interesting point, and that's maybe why people are are almost the, the Queen was like this aura, this enigma, and mm. um, we we kind of know what Charles is like. So, well, we definitely don't know what he's like. So. Possibly, I wonder if older people, like you know, people that are in their nineties or so, who would think of her more as Queen Elizabeth, perhaps, where they've you know, knew her before. Um, if anyone has any older relatives yes. who've called her that, please let us know. Now, Monday was a very long day and the Queen essentially had two funerals, didn't she? There was yes. the Westminster yeah. service and then uh, they travelled up to Windsor and there was a second uh, second ceremony at Committal. St. George's. Committal, yeah. yes, yeah. at St. George's. Nope. Yeah, St. George's yeah, St. Chapel. St. George's Chapel, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is quite interesting because there was there's 2,000 odd um of the great and the good and myself, um, and that we'd sort of snuck into, I suppose. Um, but the 800 at, at St George's Chapel were, were actually chosen. Um, I think Diana's brother was there. So there was a lot more familiarity, but also it was l- loads, hundreds of the Queen's present and former staff, people who had been there throughout her whole reign, who she was spe- um, especially close to, which I thought was rather rather touching, actually. So a, a much more um, smaller... Personal, okay, personal perhaps. occasion, exactly. It right. felt to me that it started in the morning with the very formal... Yes. Uh, what the I, historical element. How I felt, yeah. It started off as the funeral for the head of state, and then at Windsor for the committal, you had kind of the funeral for this amazing, you know, like working woman, because that's when you had all the things that she all her staff and that side of it. And then obviously in the evening, they had the private burial, which was her as a family member, a grandmother. So it felt like almost as the day went on, Mm. it got more and more personal. Mm. Um, So, yes, so Westminster service was 11 till 12. And we had uh, the senior male members of the family uh, walking behind the coffin, as we've seen. And the Princess Royal. And the Princess Royal. uh, Quite a few times, actually, now, over the week, in the lead-up, didn't we? Yeah, definitely. Um, And then we we had that service, and then it walked on again, and that was a long old procession, wasn't it, when they walked down to... Because I I was on my way back, so Mm. it must have been... uh, It was over two hours, right? Yeah, because it then... It was left at twelve. Was finished at mm. twelve. Then there was a, it was more than two hours. It's crazy. Yes, yeah, so they walked. They walked the chunk of it. So they walked. I think did they walk forty minutes of it to so the they, arch? So they walked to Wellington Arch. Then the then but the procession wasn't like you know fast yeah. procession. It was very slow, and there was people very able to stop. And obviously the state hearse had been uh, designed in a way that. Um, people could see the coffin and, and it, really it really did it was all yeah. it was all, all pretty glass, much all yeah. glass yeah. wasn't it it was amazing and then it drove up to windsor it followed again by princess anne who has 
been with her mother through oh. the whole part of the journey yeah. back from Scotland. Even in death, she yeah. revealed in her statement that she was with her mother in her in her final twenty four hours. So she, um, I thought they all looked particularly of uh, of course, but like I thought they all looked particularly shattered on the on the yep. day of the funeral. And of course, it's a hugely um, devastating, distressing moment for them and, and and they're all sort of living out their grief in public i suppose so hopefully they can all have a bit of a bit of downtime this week to try and take stock i suppose definitely now what we want to do is kind of talk through some of the most um important yeah. memorable moving moments from the day and there were so many personal touches i thought so we start off with the flowers yeah. um so the flowers were cut from uh, buckingham palace clarence house and highgrove house uh, there was rosemary which uh, symbolizes remembrance and myrtle which is cut from the plant that was grown from a sprig of myrtle from her wedding bouquet yes. in 1947 now this is the same plant isn't it that they've taken sprigs for for like the uh, cambridge wedding and the sussex wedding yeah. and i thought that was really really lovely Good gardeners nah, yeah i can't <laughs> keep anything alive no my houseplants don't last more than six months yeah um one thing i loved actually about the flowers that were on top of the coffin for the funeral is obviously there were quite a few during the you know from balmoral down there but they were all white yeah collections but the colors that were in the the final wreath were beautiful well, that, i think a lot of people were Shocked mm. at that because it was splashes of, sort of red and pink, wasn't there? Well, there was, uh, there was a well, I, I will say, I'm not oh, yeah, a gold a mix of gold, pink, and burgundy yep. garden roses, aut- an autumnal hydrangea. Mm. Uh, I think, and there's another one which I'm not going to embarrass myself by trying moss, to pronounce. Oak. My mum will shout at me, but apparently, it's to reflect the royal standard, scabious, which is there's really sca- nice. Is it scabious, scabious, any gardeners yeah. get in touch. That was, yeah. <laughs> This is not a gardening podcast. No, shock. Um. Um, and it following a ki- from following a request again, I've written here in my notes from King Charles. Uh, the wreath was made completely sustainable, uh, and there wasn't the floral foam that you normally get. Mm. So they tend to be, um, you know, there's kind of a, a foam circle, isn't there? And you stick the flowers in it. This was a. This was altogether pretty much more professional job, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> but, but again. Um, Charles, I wonder will, will we stop calling him Charles? I I said this earlier today. Will will he just be referred to as Charles? Uh, yeah. Is that um, appropriate? Because I think people are just doing it because it's like, oh, we know who he is. Yeah, like, it, will, it, but will it be one of these in five? You know, five years time that no, kind I of no. I think people are uh, will will call him Charles. <laughs> it's it's odd. I mean, is that is it appropriate? Probably not. <laughs> You've got to call him King. I don't know, but we're not King. having this conversation Sorry. again. Come on, next. <laughs> you can tell I haven't slept. Can you? <laughs> um, but the King had um, requested that these, and obviously the, the Queen was fully aware of the plans all across the minute detail. But I thought that was rather wonderful that he was all all together because we know he's a keen gardener, of course, and sustainability is a big, bigger platform of his. Um, so to be totally across that sort of level of detail for the king was um was rather sweet and there was a handwritten note on top as well which said in loving and devoted memory uh, that was signed off charles r Mm. um which was really lovely again another personal touch 
um, for me, one of the most moving moments of the whole thing was the Piper right at the end, I mean, the, the client, yeah. the kind of closing, and watching it on telly, it was the production of it was beautiful yeah, yeah, it's bbc events isn't yes it? um Amazing. so this was uh, for anyone who doesn't know this detail so it's the queen's um official piper who woke her up every morning with the sound of the bagpipes carried out this final duty of playing her goodbye uh, so this is piper major paul burns uh, of the royal regiment of scotland and the idea of it was that he walked away as he played it so the sound of it kind of faded mm out and it was just beautifully shot through an arch yeah, yeah. it was a Stunning. beautiful scene such an so well put together again that personal thing of it was you know the person that started the queen's day every morning was kind of did the closing part of it which i thought was beautiful and um, there's a lot of imagery here isn't there? there's a lot to pick through i mean we've been talking about the um the pallbearers and those oh, lads. they were incredible and they only came back from iraq about a week beforehand and again they're proper rookies at this job they were just Gosh. phenomenal i think a lot of people um have really wondered who they are i think we've co we've covered um, them this week and there's a lot of discussion about their their jobs and where they've been but also um quite interesting talking about the fact that they'd been on maneuvers um the plane that brought back the queen is that RAFC 17 brought her back from uh, from scotland had had only just returned from carrying out missions in Ukraine. It had been used to bring people back um, after the fall of Kabul um, this year. I mean, there's been an awful lot of things that have been going on and we're still picking apart. I mean, the, the, the imagery will live on for a lifetime. And then um, we were talking earlier about the, the the technical, the traditional things, about the snapping of the wands. That is the this, this really significant part of the, the Lord Chamberlain who breaks his wand of office and he lays it with the Queen. He's the head of the Queen's household. So he's, he's giving over his uh, his role, I suppose, because his role has died with, with the monarch as well. It's all it's it's incredible, really, it's, it's and people wonder, you know, why why we do this because it's it's it's, and I was I just to digress a little bit. I was having a conversation about why why perhaps William and Andrew shouldn't or should or shouldn't have worn uniforms. That's a conversation we've had before and for another day. But someone said to me, it's important to stick to the traditions. Because if you start deviating from them, where does it stop? And it's like a house of cards. And any of this stuff we've just talk, talked about could could just say, well, that doesn't matter, that doesn't matter. And then what are you left with? But when you have it, going to the letter, you know, the pallbearers bringing her in, the fact that the flowers would range in this way, the piper playing this, the wand of office being snapped, the, the crown being removed. There's only three people who can touch the crown. And that's the Lord Chamberlain. That's the person who... I don't know their official title, but the other chap who handled the crown with the gloves on and the monarch, the only people that can touch it. And you think, well, these, these, these are long-held traditions through centuries, and that's why when you look at it and it goes off without a hitch, that's why it's the envy of the world. Now, you mentioned the crown, and obviously that was an extremely moving part of the ceremony. That was one of the moments that got me, actually, when it was picked up and, and moved off of the coffin. But... As 
the royal women always do. They were so many nods and tributes to the queen through their jewellery and their outfits. Uh, so Kate, uh, the Princess of Wales, wore the queen's four-row Japanese choker, which is has this uh, diamond clasp on which is in this oval shape which is a really beautiful statement piece and what I really liked about this is the last time she wore it uh, was to the Queen and Prince Philip's 70th anniversary wedding anniversary dinner so that was really sweet that she kind of did not just a nod to the Queen but also to Philip as well um, and she also wore some diamond and pearl earrings that were a gift from the Queen in 2018. Uh, Meghan wore the diamond and pearl earrings that the Queen gave her when they went to Chester and we saw Princess Charlotte wearing her first piece of Royal jewellery. Yeah. She had that horseshoe pin badge, um, which apparently was a present from her Gangan. Gangan. Gangan, which I thought was really lovely. Incidentally, I suppose we should mention the children because yes. I was what struck me, and I, I could see the, the kids when I s- stood up in the Abbey, and um, I was just struck by how Charlotte's feet couldn't touch the floor. And yeah. George, George's barely did. And um, and again, from the pictures and video I've seen since, and when um, Charlotte's telling George that you have to bow when oh, yeah. the car comes across, <laughs> and and he's sort of just looking there, sort of not really understanding <laughs> what's going on. And she's across the detail. She knows exactly what's going she on. Knows she's exactly on what's it. Going on. Um, I was struck about how calm and measured they were. Um, and again, I, I understand that it was definitely a family decision taken for them to attend, that they, they sat the children down, they'd had a good conversation with them. And um, I suppose some people were surprised because that week that William had been speaking about the fact that when he was following the Queen's coffin t- in towards her lying in state, that it really brought back memories of being at his mother's funeral. And everybody knows what um, what a dark and distressing period that was for him. So... In one sense, I think people were surprised. But then in the other, you think about when the Queen wanted her three heirs on the balcony at the Platinum Jubilee. That imagery is really, really important. And I think the Queen would have wanted the children to be there, especially George, to to really understand what this family is about from a young age. And and I'm sure, um, you know, William and Kate really do articulate a lot of what is going on to their to their children and um, they seem to have um, I suppose that's the reason why they've moved to Windsor isn't it to be nearer the Queen to have that soak that atmosphere up and not just be in a, a boarding school or being in a palace in London it's all it's about having respect for the traditions but you know fair play to the kids because they were they were absolutely behaved exemplary and also it's it's come at a time for them we forget that they they also started their brand new school just last week so they've yeah, had yeah, and William on, yeah. said to well wishes like you know when they asked how how the children were taking it um said that they've decided to keep them in school just so they don't miss out on that you know the first couple of weeks of term especially if you're the new kids mm. is always extremely important um Do you know, just mentioning the kids as well so they they've gone started school known as George Cambridge and now he's George Wales. So what happens? I, I was thinking this. I don't this. know, by the way. Yeah. So if someone knows this, I mean, I, it's probably not the right time for me to ask, I'll be asking these sort of questions. But if somebody does know the sort of protocol of has this happened in the past, because I suppose the the boys were known as the Waleses, weren't they? Yeah, it wouldn't have. It wouldn't have. Mm. So they are yeah. George Charlotte Louis Wales. Definitely. That's that. Well, 
Answers in the postcards. Yeah. Let, us know, let us know. I suppose yeah, it was only the kind of first the first week of school, so maybe the it, they could change it. Yeah, the and first then, then day. I suppose a couple of days later they became Prince and Princess of Wales after yeah. the King's statement. So I still can't, you know, talking about the King. It all seems very sort of Game of Thrones, doesn't it? Because yeah. the Queen was like just this enigma. Uh, but now it's all changed. It all just seems rather... Yeah, King does. It just feels very it strange. It seems very strange, yeah. I'm sure we'll get used to it <laughs> in a few years. Um, another thing to mention, uh, another moment that got me, was seeing all the Queen's staff lined up outside, outside the people, palace. Yeah. And I don't know why, but it just did that, that kind of silence of them. And you had all the chef's uniforms. You had all the... Um, you know, kind of the groundsman staff. You had this just, you forget about the people whose life is Buckingham Palace. Their day-to-day working life is being in there, making sure things run smoothly. And I really like that they were given kind of a, an opportunity to go out and do that. At what must be an extremely busy time in the palace as well. Like there mm. must be so much going on, so many guests. There was a... Uh, reception. There was the a reception leaders, as well. Gosh, yeah. So... You know, there's lots going on, but they were still given the chance to go out, which I thought was really, really nice as well. And they did the same at Westminster as well, didn't they? Not Westminster, Windsor. Windsor. I, I get we're talking about moments which struck you when um, when the Queen's coffin was brought into Westminster Hall. I was probably about you know five, ten feet away from it on this on this riser, and uh, over to the over to the right of the, the 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 north door, it's called as it's being brought in, were the Queen's seven ladies in waiting. Yes. And they're all in their 70s, if not 80s, if mm. not older. And you got a sense of, oh, my God. It really hit me about how old the Queen was and about how long she's been there. And these women have worked for her for decades these, Yeah, decades. these women have given their, uh, given whole their lives, lives to And they yeah. were stoic. Not one of them flinched. And few of them had walking sticks. They were all sort of dressed very, very similarly. Mm. They almost looked like the Queen. It was very, very... Um, Yes, I completely forgot was, about that, it actually. Quite, it was, yeah. yeah. The photo of really, them all lined up was... It was, was really emotional, mm. the fact that they, these women have given their lives to someone to serve Queen and country. And what do they do now? They must be feeling absolutely bereft, like they've lost a close family member. I suppose they have in, yeah, have in some way. There were also other touching kind of nods to Prince Philip, uh, in particular the hymns. Uh, so at Westminster... The uh, which is obviously where they had their wedding 75 years ago. The second hymn sung uh, was The Lord is My Shepherd, which was played during their wedding, uh, which and was really at lovely. Her, and at her father's funeral. And, uh, and there was so much funeral. like that you said of all this, um, these links to past and present. Well, there was a song as well played at the Wales's wedding. Might have been one one of the hymns as well was played. Oh, at, oh at I their don't know wedding. that. Oh, that's lovely. And then there was another. Um, oh, sorry, sorry this, my mind is full of information. And uh, the, the at her original piano teacher, who taught her William Morris, I think his name, oh. who taught her piano with her sister. Yeah. One of the um, hymns was written by him. He certainly did score. So, awful lot of Im- imagery and and links all over the place. Really nice. Another kind of nod to the wedding was Sophie Wessex's dress, actually, which looked beautiful on the day, as Sophie always does. But the designers of it, uh, Susanna London, it was a kind of black coat dress. Uh, but the designers have since come out and they put a video on Instagram of their team creating it. And the flowers uh, had this kind of floral pattern down it. And they were Lily of the Valley, which were the flowers that were in 
the Queen's bouquet on her wedding day, yes, which yeah. was really lovely. And she also, they had, she had this bespoke uh, hat on, which was by Jane Taylor London. Um, and that had the kind of uh, myrtle and uh, orchard detail as well. So again, all these little touches to the Queen and Philip, which was, which was really lovely. Mm. Um, oh, the corgis and Emma, Emma the... Um, Emma the horse, the pony, 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 please. Sorry. Well, we did a great wrap in the Daily Mirror. I loved that back page. It was great. Um, The Times normally do these things very, very well, so I'm really pleased we we did it justice. And the the two corgis, um, who I don't know, dogs dogs can look sad, can't they? Dogs do look sad. I thought maybe we were reading too much into it, but they look devastated. It was and then just the pony lovely. doing the bow. And the pony doing the bow. And he had one of her headscarves draped over the back of the horse, which was, again, that's quite similar to what they did at Philip's funeral, wasn't it? Oh, they right. had the carriage. It was, like, it was like a very posh brand. It was not Cartier or something. Anyway. Oh, I don't know. It was very nice. It was a very nice <laughs> headscarf. Yeah, but Philip had his riding gloves, weren't they? They were on yeah, his carriage. And lips, for yeah. him to do... You know, for them to do the same with the Queen and to put her headscarf on that was really Mm. lovely. And just, yeah, those kind of scenes of going past that, the picture when they were coming down the long walk, and there were so many people on that walk. It was, yeah, the picture of that, the kind of aerial shot. That's one of my favourites. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. On their Instagram, it's incredible. Yeah, and that, and again, the moment where they walk past um, the horse. Pony, 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 Emma the pony, Emma the pony, great, also great name for a pony, <laughs> um, and the corgis there as well was was really lovely, oh, and again sweet. those personal touches. Um, I think that Angela Kelly was there as well. She was, yeah. Obviously, everyone like, was sort of wondering what she will do now because she's been at the Queen's side for so long, and again talk about the ladies waiting. She must be absolutely bereft. Um, I thought a comment. I can't remember where I read it, but she said that you know I've lost my best friend, and and of course she has. She's Gosh, she must be absolutely devastated. Um, she's worked for 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 so long. Let's talk about what what will she do now? But she's been allowed to stay in her uh, in her apartments, I suppose, at Windsor Castle, and it just gives you the sense of enormity of how many people's lives will change. Like not to mention people all over the country, but really changed. People losing their jobs at Clarence House. There was a bit of a hoo-ha about the fact that they've been sent their uh, possibility of redundancy notice within the same week that the Queen had died. Uh, But it comes with that because I'd always been told that Charles really wasn't um, keen on moving to Buckingham Palace. He saw it as a bit of a a museum. Mm. Um, whether most of it will become museum. There's even some further reports that Balmoral will be turned into museum because he's oh, already okay. got his place on the estate. Oh, he's got of course. So, um, the, but I think it is important for him to live in Buckingham Palace. It is the headquarters of the monarch. The sovereign should be there. Um, Clarence House, he, it's not like he'd been there forever. He'd lived there for 20 years. He only moved there after the Queen Mother's death. So, um, there is an awful lot of change. And who will he keep? Who will he take? Um, who will he get rid of? It's, there's an awful lot of change going to happen. And then that leads you into the coronation. There's going to be an awful lot of change for the coronation. What will they? What will they? that look like? It, I've been told it's going to be very much slimmed down. Um, it will be sort of a reflection of uh, the cost of living crisis, or I find that 
frankly ludicrous because there's a man in a diamond and ruby crown talking about a cost of living crisis doesn't really make sense does it but it's definitely going to be more representative i think we can definitely say that again at the queen's funeral just i could make out all the sort of different religious leaders that were all there and there was the buddhists jews christians muslims hindus it was it was really interesting to see that and i'm sure that's the first um monarch state funeral that has had that denomination and definitely charles's common at congregate what is, what's the word congregation no coronation coronation <laughs> gosh well, what are we, uh, are we gonna get a dish coronation chicken oh yeah so what are we gonna true. have i'm not a fan of coronation chicken oh i love so coronation like, chicken. like a no cake Okay, yeah, they were doing that, weren't they? they were, oh, that was for the we had the jubilee, jubilee pudding. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else could there be? Well, it's got to be a different dish. Get people out. Street parties. Yeah. That, I mean, that's something because we get a bank holiday. Well, Are we, we won't. thinking? Yeah. Well, Are we? Because I've heard like the, the early June. Well, the second June around. is the seventieth anniversary of the Queen's coronation. Which, if you're talking about continuity and wanting mm. to still ride this crest of a wave of support that Charles is enjoying, um, why not announce it then? And I think that that I was told this week that the coronation will will definitely have a flick or a flavour of his mother's life and legacy because it was quite morose. I mean, you're talking about a funeral that was quite uplifting. It was talking the Archbishop of Canterbury's um, sermon about we will meet again, echoing those words that the Queen had said, echoing Vera Lynn, one of her generation's most um, incredible figures. Um, I think now is the time to sort of celebrate her life and legacy. Whether that will happen in the coronation um, would be a fantastic opportunity to do that. And again, it's synergy, isn't it? I've just done a synergy with my hand, <laughs> David Brent. But, um, but I, 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 th- I think that's great. It doesn't. I don't think it affects his legacy by wanting to continue his mother's work. He's never going to come in and rip up the rule book. It's worked. Yeah. And he needs to, I'm sure he does understand that. And he can prepare his son for kingship whilst doing things that are really respectful of of his mother's legacy. And I think he said that anyway, hasn't he? He said that he wants to continue the the way in which she held the office, I suppose. Um, Yeah, because there is so much respect for the Queen. And I think you've got lots of people who maybe didn't agree with the monarchy as a whole, but really loved what the Queen did individually. And he needs to kind of take aspects from that. Um, But we shall see. Uh, But obviously, so just to go quickly back to Monday. So obviously, the Windsor service finished with that beautiful moment with the Piper, which we've discussed. After that, there was a private burial, wasn't there? So that was, was that at St. George's again? Yeah, it's in the King George VI Chapel. Obviously, with the Queen goes down to the Royal Vault, which is where Prince Philip had been staying. Interesting details about that the Queen almost knew that she wouldn't be long because that's why he was sort of kept in the vault mm. and then moved. But uh, her, her mother is there, the late Queen Mother, her father, her the ashes of her sister Margaret. Margaret wanted to be cremated, mm. so that's why they were. And it's quite, it's like a small side room of the chapel. There's not a lot of room in there for these um, big coffins, but they're, um, they've all been reunited now. And a very small private ceremony. You know, I imagine it was just the, the senior members of the family there. But um, 
that's it. Finally, later rest. And you talk about imagery of that, the coffin going down. That was, I didn't know if we'd see that. I didn't yeah, know I didn't if they'd have that on telly. And we, there was kind of the start of it, wasn't there? And then yeah. we didn't, there wasn't the whole thing. And I must, that's, that's a moment of funerals that I've attended that always breaks me, regardless, yeah. you know, like everything. And yeah, I was quite surprised we saw any of that, uh, to be honest. Um, but yeah, so it was that, so private burials after that. And then do we know anything about what the royals did? Did they did they stay in Windsor or did they all go straight home? I imagine they all probably just needed a cup of tea and go to bed after yeah, a... Charles and a, Camilla looked absolutely yeah. wrecked. And mm. fair enough, they've been on a hugely, hugely busy um, whistle-stop tour of the UK. There's not much time to, to really relax. I mean, I know that he was... Um, He's gone up to, to Balmoral, to Scotland, to, to have a bit of time of reflection. But I do think it will it will be business as, as soon as it's royal mourning period. And we've seen Prince and Princess of Wales out in Windsor today thanking a lot of the uh, the volunteers who made it all so yes, special. Yes, and Princess Anne as well. Uh, yeah, and, um, and, and that's part of it. I know that um, the Earl of Wessex is going to Estonia and Germany to do a long-standing engagement with troops out there. So... There's there's still a lot happening, um, um, and then you talk about the f- Williams' um, s- video statement he did overnight, talking to the Earthshot Prize in uh, New yes, York. Yes, he was meant to be in New York yeah, at the moment, yeah. wasn't he? So he was supposed to be there this week on Tuesday and Wednesday, I believe. And so um, again, him sort of just saying, "I can't be there because this has happened," and and talking about his grandmother as well, about how she would be very very proud of the work that he's done with that, but also. Um, the show will go on, and meanwhile, whilst we will take a long time to reflect on this, I think that um, the, the family will do that privately, but publicly there's there's a lot of work to be done. And obviously we discussed them a fair bit in last week's um, episode, but Meghan and Harry were part of the all you know all of the ceremonies on monday do we know if they're still in the uk have they gone back to the u.s they're back at the u.s they've gone back to the u.s they've done two and a half weeks without their children Mm. it's a long long time do we know they definitely didn't because i didn't know if they might have had the children kind of flown flown to my knowledge they mm. weren't here um again would it have been seen as a distraction they didn't really want to be pictured or mm-hmm. out and about in Windsor so I think that their decision was that they would just stay and then go as soon as possible yeah because it's, it's a long, long time, time. yeah 100%. definitely and, and they've been bl- busy before before the queen passed away yeah and a long time but you know when you lose someone important to you you want the people you know there's nothing you know when you are grieving having a a child there who yeah. just we you know run up and still wants yeah. to be played with yeah. still wants to do coloring well, and thing what, is the um, most comforting what thing because we didn't see, i expected we'd see them as some sort of you know mini walkabout but then they were damned if they did damned if they mm. didn't and if they did do that maybe they'd be accused of stealing limelight i mean it's such a mess isn't it but i do think um, they played it well though i think the yeah. whole the way it worked of having that surprise kind of walkabout where they joined yeah. uh Kate and William yeah. meant that you know everyone had that moment of looking at them and talking about them and then it has just we've we've gone through this whole podcast actually without really dis- mentioning, mentioning them yeah well, of course them, if they'd turned not, up everybody yeah. would have poured over it exactly so I think it was done very well yeah. and it, it whether it was intentional or not, yeah. or not it did do the job of making sure that the headlines were as they should have been yeah. about the Queen Absolutely. and the new King yeah. so I think that's pretty much everything yeah. we've got time for today. We're going <laughs> to leave you to it so you can go and have a, either a sleep if or a big coffee. I can't quite decide. If one more tells me how pale I look, 
I mean, I know I have mirrors in my. House. I have that. I saw. I saw some friends yesterday, and the first thing they did when I walked in was you to say, look tired? "Yeah, they were like, is this?'" I was like, "Yes, thank I you." Know, thank you. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Pod Save. And until next time. <laughs>